The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Hash House Agogo. Also by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, Brew City Brand Apparel, The Food Connection LV.com, and by Mr. Antenna. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. Hi, everybody. Multi-talented actor and comedian Jimmy O. Yang has so much going on right now, it's hard to keep track, and you might know him best as the intern Jin Yang on HBO's award-winning Silicon Valley. He also had a very crucial role in the film Patriot's Day. Now he's got a memoir, even though he's just a young dude. I've got Jimmy on the phone right now. Welcome, Jimmy. How are you? I'm good. Is your name changed? It's Jim. Because people always ask me that, and my name is just Jimmy. It's more like a nickname than anything. Jimmy is a nickname? Yeah, well, yeah, my legal name is something else. Yeah, I think the uh, the only person who called me Jimmy was my mom. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I mean, is your legal name James? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. For sure, yeah. So, first of all, congratu- I'm a big fan of yours, and congratulations on releasing your memoir. But you're a young guy, so some people might say, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's like a end-all, be-all memoir. And uh, in a way, I kind of disguised it as a self-help book. Every chapter start with how-to, like how-to American, and chapters like how-to strip club DJ. So it's like <laughs> a whimsical recounting of my immigrant experience coming here and uh, as an outsider also making it into Hollywood. Um, and hopefully there's plenty of other stuff I can write in the maybe a more comprehensive future memoir. But this one, it's a, you know, I just want it to be a humorous, relatable immigrant story and maybe a little bit of a self-help book. It's fantastic. And by the way, the strip club DJ, you're not kidding. I mean, you this was a job you had, and you say that it, it was lucrative to the point where maybe you thought of uh, doing that. Yeah, I was pretty good at it because I had three jobs at the time. I was a used car salesman during the day. I worked at the comedy club in the evening. And then I was a strip club DJ at night. So I combined my used car salesmanship and the microphone skill that I learned in stand-up comedy <laughs> to become like the best lap dance salesman. <laughs> According to the owner, who was this biker gang dude, he told me sales went up, lap dance sales went up 44% since I worked here. <laughs> nice. And um, he, he liked me so much, he offered to open up a strip club for me to run, which sounded like a dream to a 22-year-old kid. But, you know, right. he got a little... Um, too dangerous that environment and and it was a lot of gangsters working there and i just i didn't belong there you know and um i'm lucky i made the decision and so instead of taking that job (laughs) taking you know the position of becoming a a strip club overlord (laughs) i and i'd like i pursue comedy i like the way that some accountant must have put it well lap dance sales are up uh, dramatically Yes. <laughs> uh, frozen orange juice. Well, you've had so many different roles now in TV and film. The film Patriot's Day, you must be very proud of. Did you meet the guy that you played? Yes, Danny May, who is also a Chinese immigrant like myself. Uh, that, you know, for him, he turned into an American hero. He was the one that got carjacked by the Cernayev brothers, the terrorist brothers, and eventually made the escape that led to their arrest. Um, and he's just such a brave man. He's very open on sharing things with me, and uh, we hit it off, you know. Uh, he actually makes apps in real life. I play a guy that makes apps on TV. Um, and we're both Chinese immigrants, so we're just speaking Mandarin. And, like, every other day when I was shooting the movie in Boston, I was bothering him for, like, either to hang out or, like, just, you know, pick his brain a little for the role. 
Um, and uh, it wasn't the easiest thing because, you know, I, I came from comedy, and this was a very serious, heavy part, and we sure. got to do right by the victims and the heroes of the movie, and I got to do right by Danny, you know. Um, but it was extremely rewarding, and it's definitely one of the proudest things I've done in my career. How did that role come to you? Did somebody see you at a comedy club? No, I had to audition just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, it's a very specific role, right? It's a Chinese immigrant that speak in a very specific Chinese accent, not just any Chinese accent, but a Sichuan, like Sichuan, uh, you know, Chinese accent. So I had to do all that. And um, when, I remember when I first auditioned for Sheila Jaffe. She's a great cast director, cast most uh, Mark Wahlberg movies. I wasn't very good, you know. I didn't do that my homework. And then she told me to come back, and she sent me, like, all the articles um, about Danny, you know, even video surveillance footage about Danny. And then I started, I'm like, oh, my God, like, this guy's a freaking hero. And um, it gave me really the motivation to uh, do more work. And then when I came back, um, you know, I got the job. You are so much fun on Silicon Valley, and most of your scenes have been with T.J. Miller. There's been a lot of mystery surrounding why T.J. Miller isn't going to be back on the show. Can you explain that to me? Because, I mean, I considered you guys kind of a comedy team there. Yeah, we were like the, you know, the Lauren Hardy. You know, <laughs> it, it just worked. Like a small guy that was kind of naive and, and, and innocent, but deep down maybe a little bit of an a-hole. <laughs> Big, flamboyant, you know, uh, um, uh, loudmouth. It was great. We had such a special chemistry, and I love working with TJ. He just he just always brings the best out of me, and we trusted each other to kind of throw lines around, you know, uh, improv, and, and we know we can always hit it back. There's articles out there, you know, um, of my castmates or, or you know, uh, 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 about um, TJ's exit, but for me, you know, my opinion of TJ is extremely positive. He's still one of my uh, uh, best friends in the industry, and... Um, it was nothing but great working with him, so it was uh, sad for him to leave. To my understanding, he, he was busy being a movie star, and, and he wanted to take a chance doing that. He called me one night, and he was like, I'm not coming back to the show, and it was sad. Um, and honestly, I was a little worried about you know what my character's going to do without TJ, because yeah. we worked so well together. Uh, and it was sad that knowing that was the last time I was going to work with him, basically. Um, in the in the television show, and I, you know, I wrote about all this in my book, but you know, at the end of the day, hopefully there are some other projects that we can get into. We even joked about writing like a, a Chinese action comedy film, right? And um, his parts are kind of, you know, at the end of the day, turned out to be um, a blessing in disguise for my character because it allowed my character to now interact with some other characters and even take over a little bit of Ehrlich's old role of. Uh, you know, a nasty incubator runner, owner. You know, I heard that you had given up an internship at Smith Barney to do stand-up. That's one of those deals where that's the type of thing that probably doesn't go over too well with the parents, right? Not at all. That's why the book's subtitle is An Immigrant's Guide to Disappointing Your Parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is, I, yeah. And, and it's not just like I quit the internship. I quit the internship to do stand-up. Like, who does that? Right? But I... I <laughs> I really didn't even think stand-up was going to be able to become a career for me or acting, definitely not at that moment. But I just knew I didn't want to sit behind a desk and like every day I was at the internship, it was just like killing me. Nothing wrong with the company. It's just that's not my world that I want to be in. So, you know, and growing up, 
my father will always tell me, you know, go get yourself a real job, a steady job. Pursuing your dreams is how you become homeless. You know, like in, in, in my family, the word artist is a synonym for homeless. I think he was definitely worried. You know, he sent me careerbuilder.com emails every day, hoping I'll go find a real job. Right. And, uh, but eventually, you know, I think he, he might, he might still never get stand up because it's very cultural and we didn't have a lot of stand up growing up in China. So he might not ever get that, but I think he just, he, he feels good about, you know, at least I'm, I'm making money. I'm, I'm safe. I'm not going to be homeless. By the way, I, I love your podcast. It's called Surely You're Joking, where you and other co-hosts have the best of the academic world as guests. It's really kind of a cool way of learning stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the only reason I, I wanted to do that podcast, it was started by my friend Kevin Peter Hickerson, who's a nuclear physicist at Caltech. Like, the guy's a genius. And he's also a stand-up comedian. So I, I just want to join the podcast as the dumb guy to learn about science. And we had interviewed Bill Nye, um, you know, Kip Thorne, who won the Nobel Prize for gra- gravitational waves, and he was the main consultant for uh, uh, Interstellar, the Christian Nolan movie. So I've learned a ton. I haven't had too much time to do it recently, but I just did an episode where um, we talked to uh, a woman, a grad student, who lived in the South Pole for months uh, for research on um, neutrinos. So at first, I didn't know what neutrino is. I barely know what neutrino is now. <laughs> it seems very right. complicated. Right. I'm learning a ton. Jimmy O. Yang's book, it's called How to American, an Immigrant's Guide to Disappointing Your Parents. It's available on Amazon and at fine bookstores everywhere. When does Silicon Valley come back, Jimmy? March 25th on a Sunday. And, uh, you know, in the book, I talk about Silicon Valley. I talk about being a strip club DJ and uh, the whole... One of my favorite parts of the book, I think, is... Um, well, first of all, Mike Judge wrote the foreword for the book. Yeah. So that was really special to me. And, um, and one of my favorite parts of the book is um, all the auditions leading up to Silicon Valley. I, I used to keep a log of auditions. So I had 101 auditions that I documented in the book <laughs> from a guy eating hot wings at Chili's to dog with a blog. <laughs> uh, to, and then a hundred second audition was Silicon Valley. Jimmy, best of luck. I mean, you've got a lot of things going on now. Your parents, I'm sure, are very proud of you at this point, and it was great to talk to you, buddy. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. All right, Jimmy. I thought Jimmy was pretty diplomatic when it came to talking about the departure of T.J. Miller on Silicon Valley. I had read a few different accounts about that, saying that Miller was sort of difficult to work with. By the way, Jimmy also has a new film coming out soon that he did with Melissa McCarthy. Well, that is the end of this edition of The Fake Show. You can get up-to-date info on The Fake Show's Facebook and Twitter pages. I'm Jim Tofty, and I'll see you back here next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.